بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ومن اقتدى بسنته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد So we praise Allah تبارك وتعالى the Lord of all creation and we send salam and peace to Nabina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Prophet, the last Prophet Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Amma ba'd We continue bi'idhnillahi ta'ala with our study of uh, the aqidah of these two imams Imam Abi Hatim al-Razi and Abu Zura rahimahumullahu ta'ala from the narration from their son and nephew Ibn Abi Hatim Rahmatullahi alayhim ajma'in. We study the correct creed, the correct belief of a Muslim and how every Muslim should hope to live their life in this world in belief in Allah wa ta'ala and believing in that which Allah has revealed correctly. And likewise, hoping to die upon that. So we're studying these points from one of the ulama of the Salaf or rather uh, three of the ulama of the Salaf in order to increase in certainty, knowledge and implementation of the correct belief. And today we will continue with the statement of the Imams Rahimahumullahu Ta'ala Wa Ahlu Kabairi Fi Mashiatillahi Azawajal And that is that those who fall into major sins are subject to the will of Allah Azawajal Wala nukaffiru ahlat kiblati bidhnubihim Wa nakilu asrarahum ila Allahi Azawajal and we, we do not declare a person of from the Qibla, yani the Muslim, to be a disbeliever due to their sins. But rather, we leave that which is in their hearts, that which is concealed from their affairs to Allah wa ta'ala. This is the point that we're going to study today, inshallah, as it relates to the correct creed. The correct Aqidah. So point number one is that this is a fundamental and a foundation that comprises clarification of the way of the people of the Sunnah as, as it relates to those who meet Allah Taala upon some major sin and they are Muslims. This is the fundamental principle here. How do we believe as it relates to their state? And how is the belief supposed to be as it relates to their state in this dunya and this world? And also their state in the hereafter. Taken from the book of Allah, the Quran and the Sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Point number two. 
He says here, or they say here, Rahimahumullah ta'ala wa ahlul kabairi fi mashi'atillahi azawajal. Al-kabair. The people who fall into al-kabair. Major sin. Al-kabari jam'u kabira. Al-kabair is the plural of the word kabira. And the ulama have explained the definition of al-kabira or major sin through various wordings and from the most comprehensive and uh, precise wording is that which is mentioned by both Ibn Abbas and radiyallahu anhuma the companions of a companion of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and um, that which has been mentioned by Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala so we're going to combine these two definitions into one whole definition and we can say, Barakallahu Fikum, may Allah bless you all, that Al-Kabira, major sin is Kullu Dhanbin Tarataba Alayhi Haddun, or Ta'zirun, Fid Dunya, Tuwa'ada Alayhi Fil Akhir Bilan, or Ghadabin, or Narin, or Dhumma Fa'iluhu, Fashubbiha Bi Ashaytan. And that is that the Kabira, the major sin, is every sin that there is corporal or capital punishment connected to that sin. That there is corporal or capital punishment connected to that sin in this dunya, in this world. And it's also a sin in which the person who falls into that sin has been threatened with being cursed in the hereafter or receiving anger from Allah in the hereafter or being threatened with the fire in the hereafter after, or due to the severity of that sin has been made comparable to a shaitan that the one who falls into that particular sin has been compared to a shaitan in his characteristics or her characteristic pertaining to that specific sin. So that is the Kabira. So we can number the the Kabira and say that it's number one, that which is related to a sin that receives, the, the person who falls into that sin receives a, a retribution through corporal or capital punishment in this world. And as it relates, number two, to the hereafter, they have been threatened with cursed, being cursed, which is number three, or sorry, number two, or anger from Allah Ta'ala, which is number three, or nar, hellfire, which is number four, or has been compared to a shaitan, the devil, and that's number Five. And this is a definition that the ulama have mentioned as it relates to uh, uh, the kabair or the kabira, the major sin. And this is taken, no doubt, from the kalam of uh, Ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma, where he said, "Here, كُلُّ ذَنْبٍ خَتَمَهُ اللَّهُ بِنَارٍ أَوْ غَضَبٍ أَوْ لَعْنَةٍ أَوْ عَذَابٍ." And he said, "Rahimullah radiyallahu anhuma."
that it is every sin that Allah has sealed at the end of that sin with punishment from the, from the hellfire or anger from Allah or curse or general punishment. And this Barakalafikum gives us a picture of the meaning of Kabira, major sin. So when you look at those verses in the Quran and those uh, narrations from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wherein the punishment for those um, sins have been connected directly to the hellfire, to the anger of Allah, to being cursed, to punishment, to being compared to the shaitan. That's point number two, the definition of Kabira. Point number three is that there is no particular number we can give for Al-Kabira, for the major sins. One may ask, how many major sins are there? This was answered by Ibn Abbasin, radiyallahu anhuma. إِنَّمَا سُئِلَ عَنِ الْكَبَائِرِ أَسَبْعٌ هِيَ where he was asked, radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma, regarding the major sins, are they just seven? فَقَالَ هِيَ إِلَى سَبْعِينَ أَقْرَبٌ he said it's closer to 70 than 7. It's closer to 70 than 7. And in another narration where he was asked, which is reported by Imam al-Tabari rahimullah ta'ala, and also Ibn Abi Hatim, the author of this, the compiler of these aqidah in his tafsir, Ibn Abbas radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma was asked the same question by another, another individual. And he said, Hiya ila sabi'i mi'a Aqrab, he said it's closer to 700. So he said first it's closer to 70, and then he said it's closer to 700, meaning we cannot numerate them, there are plenty. So we have to base it upon the principle of the definition for point number two, regarding the characteristics of a major sin as opposed to trying to numerate every single one. Point number four, and that is that as it relates to the major sins compared to the minor sins is that the major sins requires a specific tawbah, repentance. But as for the minor sins, they can be wiped out by good deeds, good speech, zakah, sadaqah and so forth. As is mentioned in the hadith of Abi Dhar and Mu'adh ibn Jabir radiyallahu anhumah and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal Ittaqi Allah haythu ma kunt wa atbi' sayyata hasana tamhuha wa khaliq al-nas bi khulqin hasana But he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in hadith that is hasan, sound hadith, fair in its authenticity Fear Allah wherever you may be and follow a good deed Follow a bad deed with a good deed It would wipe it this is, these are pertaining to the minor sins. Follow a bad deed, meaning a minor sin, with a good deed. It will wipe it. But as for the kabair, as for aqulu lakum, I say to you, after the kabair, as for the kabair, it needs tawbah. It needs repentance. Repenting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Majtanaba al-kabair. The individuals 
prayer from the, the five prayers, Ramadan ila Ramadan, Umrah ila Hajj, Umrah ila Umrah, Mukafirat ma baynahuma. The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned in the hadith that from the, the prayer from the prayer to the next prayer, from the fasting of Ramadan to the next Ramadan, these actions are indeed these acts of worship, like Umrah and Hajj. They wipe out the sins. As long as he stays away from the major sins. Meaning that the major sins need tawbah. They need repentance. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, إِن تَجْتَنِبُوا كَبَائِرَ مَا تُنْهَوْنَ عَنْهُ نُكَفِّرْ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ وَنُدْخِلْكُمْ مُدْخَلًا كَرِيمًا He said subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah An-Nisa And if you stay away from the major sins of that which has been prohibited for you Your sins and your bad deeds will be expiated, they'll be wiped out And we enter you into Jannah through noble entrance. Enter you into Jannah with a noble entrance. So with the above, based on the above, we can extrapolate that the person who falls into the Kaba'ir has to make tawbah, has to repent to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala and turn to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance for that particular major sin that they've fallen into. Indeed, we make tawbah for all of our sins, but for the major sin, that which will be a recompense and uh, expiation for that major sin is tawbah and nusuha. It's sincere repentance to Allah Taala. So after this, we go to the next point as it relates to the methodology of Ahl Sunnah. The people of the Sunnah as it relates to the person who has fallen into major sin and dies upon that. Who has fallen into major sin and dies upon that. What is the ruling of this individual in this dunya, in this world, and the ruling of the person in the hereafter? Bear in mind that they are Muslims. They are believers. The aqidah and the creed that we all must have in this regard, which is the aqidah of Ahl Sunnati, or Jama'ah, as we are the people of the Sunnah, and that is the Ahl Kabair, that the people who fall into major sins, fi dunya, that they are mu'minun naqisul iman, that they are believers but have weakened iman, weakened strength of faith due to them falling into these major sins. And some of the ulama have used the ibarah from the people of the sunnah, the statement and the phrase that mu'minun bi imanihi fasiqun bi kabiratihi that he, the individual or she that, that's fallen into the major sin they are believers with their iman with that tawheed, with that la ilaha illallah that belief in Allah, the belief in the sixth pillars of Iman, belief in the fundamentals of Iman and the prerequisites of Iman and so forth, they're believers, but they are corrupted by their sin. They are corrupted by their sin, but they are still 
Muslims, still believers. And that is what we say regarding them in the dunya. When we deal and talk about those who are falling into the kabair, the major sins. So we do not, the people of the sunnah, remove belief and faith from the person who has fallen into the major sin. But we do not also give them and, and ascribe to them complete iman. Complete faith, strength of iman. It is weakened. Naqas al-Iman, deficient Iman, but yet it still remains, and that person still remains a believer. As for the Akhirah, as for the hereafter, then we say that the person is Tahta Mashiatillah, that the person is subject to the will of Allah, as as is mentioned by the Imams, in this point 21 they are subject to the will of allah insha'a ghafara allah lahu wa insha'a ghafara lahu wa insha'a 'adhabahu bi hikmatihi wa 'adlihi if allah wills he forgives them from his mercy subhanahu wa ta'ala and if he wills he will punish them through his his wisdom and his fairness as a wajal and the proof of this, Barakallahu Fikum, is a major, major verse in the Quran, which is a refutation against the Khawarij and also against the Murja, against those people who have deviated in this regard. And that is the verse in Surah An-Nisa, verse 48, that we all should memorize. And that is a statement of Allah in Allah la yaghfiru an yushraka bihi wa yaghfiru ma duna dhalika liman yasha. Well, he said subhanahu wa ta'ala that verily Allah does not forgive that partners be associated with him. That one worships other than Allah. Allah does not forgive that. That one worships other than Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala in any type of worship from the various types of worship, directs it to other than Allah. Allah does not forgive it that the person dies upon that. وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ But he forgives other than that, to whom he wills. So he subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse is informing us of two affairs, two major affairs. If we reflect upon this ayah and this verse from the Quran. And that is that Adamu Maghfirati Shirk Liman Mata Alayhi. That the person who dies upon shirk number one that we can take from this verse in Surah Tanisa, verse number forty-eight, that the one who dies upon associating partners with Allah, worshipping stone, worshipping shaitan, worshipping man, worshipping creation, worshipping jinn. Worshipping other than Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala in any way, form or fashion. Allah does not forgive the individual if he dies upon that. From the statement in this verse, Inna Allaha la yaghfiru an yushraka bihi. That verily Allah does not forgive that partners be associated with him. 
And likewise, that which supports this statement of Allah in this nukta, in this point here, is the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, which is in Sahih Bukhari. Qala Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kalimatan, he said, that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala kalimatan wa qultu ukhra. That the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned a statement and I mentioned another statement. And in addition, Qala Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam man mata wa huwa yad'u min dunillahi niddan dakhala naar. He said that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said and whoever dies and he is calling and uh, 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 making supplications to other than Allah, associating partners with other than Allah in worship and making equals with Allah in worship enters the fire. And then Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he said, وَقُلْتُ أَنَا And I said, مَنْ مَاتَ وَهُوَ لَا يَدْعُوا لِلَّهِ نِدًّا دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ And showing the understanding of the companions of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, مَنْ مَاتَ وَهُوَ لَا يَدْعُوا لِلَّهِ نِدًّا دَخَلَ الْجَنَّةِ He said, and whoever dies, he said, radiyallahu an, and whoever dies whilst not calling to other than Allah or making equals with Allah in dua, in worship, will enter Jannah. And this, coupled with the verse in the uh, that we mentioned in Surah Nisa, it shows that Allah does not forgive that shirk be associated with Him or that partners be associated with Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the individual dies upon that, Allah does not forgive that. And in another hadith in Anjabir ibn Abdullah radiyallahu an, and in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, man laqiya allaha la yushriku bihi shay'an dakhala al-jannah, wa man laqiyahu yushriku bihi dakhala al-nar. And whoever meets Allah and does not associate any partners with him will enter Jannah, paradise. And whoever meets Allah associating anything with him will enter fire, the fire. So this is the first affair, and that is Adam al-Maghfiratillahi ash-shirka liman mata That Allah does not forgive that one, the one who dies upon associating partners with Allah. The second affair that we can take from this verse in Surah An-Nisa, verse number 48, is the statement here we say that Ashab al Kabair Tahta Mashiatillah. And that is that the person who falls into, the, into major sin and dies upon that is under the will or subject to the will of Allah Tabaraka Ta'ala. And that is from his statement, وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ And he forgives other than that, meaning other than shirk, to whom he wills. From his wisdom, his fairness, and his mercy, subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is clear text. This is a clear verse. So this, barakallahu the person who 
is upon the deen of al-Islam. And it's upon Tawheed, worshipping Allah alone without any partner, singling out Allah alone in worship. يستبشر كل مسلم ومسلمة أن من لقي الله مواحدا لا يشرك به شيئا أن مآله إلى الجنة. And that is his glad tidings for the person who dies upon Tawheed. It's glad tidings for the person, the Muslim, the Muslimah, that meets Allah Taala as a person of Tawheed and doesn't associate partners with him, doesn't associate any partners, doesn't worship anyone but him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, glad tidings that their final destination will be Jannah. If the person dies upon this, their final destination is Jannah. مَنْ لَقِيَ اللَّهِ لَا يُشْرِكُ بِهِ شَيْئًا دَخِلَ جَنَّةً Whoever meets Allah and does not enter and does not, whoever meets Allah and does not associate anything with him will enter Jannah. And this brings us to our next point. And that is it shows the Aqidah of the people of the Sunnah is indeed the balanced Aqidah. The balanced belief the balanced creed as it relates to all affairs and specifically this affair here regarding the person who falls into major sin. And it's the fairest of rulings. And it's the best and the most beautiful position. And that is the position that is based upon the Quran and the Sunnah. The position that is established and extrapolated from the Quran and the Sunnah. And it shows that which Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah ta he mentioned. And other than him. That Ahl al-Sunnah whom a'rafu nasi bil That the people of the Sunnah are the most acquainted from the people as it relates to the truth. They're the ones who have the most knowledge. As it relates to the truth. Because their aqidah and their creed and their belief is based upon revelation from Allah. So they are the most knowledgeable of the people as it relates to the truth. كَمَا أَنَّهُمْ أَرْحَمُوا النَّاسِ بِالْخَلْقِ And likewise... It shows that the people of the Sunnah are the most compassionate and merciful to the creation. So the person who falls into a sin, a major sin, they do not go into extremes for that individual. They are balanced. Their wealth is still preserved, their blood is still preserved. Their honour. And they are considered people of Al-Islam. But as for the Mubtadi'ah, as for the people of innovation, they are not like this. Oppressive. They make dhulm and oppression. 
and show disrespect to Allah Taala by not believing and following that which he revealed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا but he said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, today I have perfected your religion. The deen of Islam is complete. 100% contradiction proof. Today I have completed your religion. And I have perfected your religion and completed my favours upon you. And I've chosen Islam as a religion for you. So the person who introduces newly invented matters. Has indeed contradicted this verse. And from those who contradicted this verse are those who have this erroneous belief. And position as it relates to the person who falls into major sin. And that brings us to our next point. And that is those who have deviated in this regard. Those who have deviated in this regard are three primary, primary groups. Those who have deviated in this point here, as it relates to the, the people who fall into sins, are three groups. The first is the Khawarij. And the second are the Mu'tazila. And the third are the Murji'ah. And they fell into extremes. The first group which is the Khawarij. They say that the person who falls into major sin. They call the Khawarij or Kharijites. As it's transcribed. Or transliterated. The Khawarij. They say that the person the Murtabid Kabira. The person who falls into uh, a major sin they give a ruling for him in this dunya that his blood is halal meaning that he's, he can be harmed and killed and his wealth can be taken and he is a disbeliever in this world this is the position of these oppressive people the khawarij the person who Allah has said in the Quran has, has the characteristics of iman the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him characteristics of Iman. And your question is, where has Allah given the characteristic of Iman for the one who falls into a major sin? Where has Allah done this? Where has Allah said this? Where has Allah Taala said this? And we say, Hafidhakumullah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الْقِصَاصُ فِي الْقَتْلَةِ الْحُرُّ بِالْحُرِّ وَالْعَبْدُ بِالْعَبْدِ وَالْعُنْثَ بِالْعُنْثَ فَمَنْ عُفِيَ لَهُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ شَيْءٌ فَاتِّبَاعٌ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said O you who believe retribution has been prescribed Retribution has been prescribed for murder. The free one is for the free one. The slave is for the slave. 
The female is for the female. فَمَنْ عُفِيَ لَهُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ And whoever pardons his brother. So Allah called them the person who fell into murder, the person who killed. Allah called the person who killed your brother. Yani, the person who has killed your family member that is, a, that is a Muslim. Allah has called him your brother when he has fallen into that major sin. And to add to this, the statement of Allah Taala, وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ اقْتَتَلُوا فَأَصْلِحُوا بَيْنَهُمَا فَإِن بَغَتْ إِحْدَاهُمَا عَلَى الْأُخْرَى فَقَاتِلُوا الَّتِي تَبْغِي حَتَّى تَفِيءَ إِلَى أَمْرِ اللَّهِ Where he said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, if two parties, they fight. Try and bring reparation and, and, and make peace between them. If two parties fight, try and make peace between them. But if one of them transgresses the bounds and, and oppresses the other, then fight him until he returns to the command of Allah. But what did Allah Taala give them as characteristics? He said, if two parties from the believers, they're fighting, which is, and they're trying to kill their brother, which is from the major sins. They're fighting. Allah said, وَإِن طَائِفَتَانِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And if two parties from the believers, so the one that is oppressing and the one that is oppressed, they are both believers. The Khawarij, they say, that the person who's fallen into a sin such as that which has been mentioned, that they are in a hellfire in the hereafter. They're in a hellfire in the hereafter. And in this world, in this dunya, they say that they are disbelievers. This is the methodology of the Khawarij. Oppressive methodology. So they say that his wealth is halal. Meaning anyone can take his wealth. Look at the oppression. They say that his blood is halal. That anyone can take his life. Look at the oppression. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this dunya has left the Bab al-Tawbah maftuha. The door of repentance is open and he's legislated legislations pertaining to qisas for the one who kills, for example. There are rules and regulations, but their, their, their characteristic of belief still remains. This is the aqid of the, the Khawarij. They oppose the texts and the clear texts from the Quran and the Sunnah. And the Mu'tazila, they have some similar belief, which is the second group to the Khawarij. Except that they differ in one aspect. They differ in their um, ruling regarding the person who falls into a sin in the dunya. The Mu'tazila, they say here, or huwa fi manzilatin bayna manzilatain. They say that he's in a position between two stations. He's in, a, in the middle position. Not a, not, a, not a kafir and not a believer. So they've, they've innovated a third position. They've innovated a third position and that is a position between the two. So he's in a station between two stations. Between the station of belief and the station of disbelief. Manzila, bayna manzilatain. La muslim wa la kafir. He's not a Muslim, he's not a Catholic. They've innovated their own position so he can um, 
enhance and feed their intellect. So they differ with the Khawarij in that the Khawarij they say in this world that they are kafir, but the Mu'tazila they say that between, in between belief and disbelief. But they both agree in their ruling on the individual and the hereafter. The Khawarij, as, as previously mentioned, they say that the person who falls into the major sin is a kafir disbeliever. That's the general belief from the Khawarij. And the Mu'tazila agree with this as it relates to the hereafter. They say that they are going to be in a hellfire forever. As the Khawarij say that they're going to be in a hellfire forever. So they agree with the rulings of the, the person who falls into a sin as it relates to the hereafter. But they disagree as it relates to the dunya. In the hereafter they say they're going to be in a hellfire forever. And again this is indeed in opposition to uh, the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, In opposition to the aqidah that the Muslim is supposed to have. As we mentioned uh, the hadith. And if I were to ask you what is the refutation that has been mentioned or which refutation has been mentioned today in today's lesson regarding this, I'm sure you will say bi'idhnillah the hadith of Jabir or the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. You say regarding the hadith of Jabir that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said the hadith of Jabir radiallahu an that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Man la yushriku bihi Whoever meets Allah without associating partners with Allah, associating any partners with Allah, enters paradise. And that is general for all believers that die upon this, whether they've fallen into major sin or minor sin. This is a refutation against the Khawarij and the Mu'tazila. But they use their intellect again, ahead of the text they use their intellect ahead of the text now and as for the murji'ah they say that al-amal or al-ma'siyah letadur al-iman they say that sins do not affect the iman and this no that is in opposition to the Quran and the Sunnah because they say that the actions do not affect Iman. The actions are not part of Iman. And we have a narration from Abi Huerta radiyallahu an where the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Al-Iman bid'u wa sab'una shu'ba a'laha qawlu la ilaha illallah wa adnaha imatatul adha anit tariq where the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said that Iman belief is of 70 odd branches the highest level of uh, belief, Iman, is saying La ilaha illallah, test testifying that there's none that deserves to be worshipped in reality except Allah, and removing harmful objects from the path. Wal hayat min al iman, and shyness, being shy, is a branch of Iman. So here the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned that removing objects from the pathway is Iman and that's action so that shows that actions affect Iman the actions are part of Iman the Murjadah say no actions are not part of Iman so therefore the person who falls into any sin that that sin which is an action does not affect the Iman and therefore the, Im the Iman of Jibril is the same Iman as a sinner and everyone has the same Iman and Iman does not go up and down 
Naam. And they, with that, Barakalafikum, have uh, increased negligence as it relates to man, as it relates to the believers. So the position that is balanced is the position of Ahl Sunnah. We say, yes, actions do uh, are part of Iman and affect Iman, and good deeds would increase a person in Iman and, and belief and strength of faith, and sins will decrease the person from uh, with uh, as it relates to their iman and the repentance and t- turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance will indeed repair that illness that is caused due to their sin and the person who is in a, who falls into a major sin and doesn't repent and meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon that that they are and they are believers that they are subject to the will of Allah so we do not declare them to be unbelievers, disbelievers due to their sins. We leave that which is concealed in their affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the aqidah, this is the belief, this is the way of the people of the sunnah, those who follow the Quran and follow the sunnah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he keeps us firm in this deen, firm in this religion, that he increases us in iman, gives us the tawfiq that we do good deeds, and our iman increases and remains firm, and that we die upon ikhlas, sidq, truthfulness, and sincerity. Ameen. Hadha wallahu a'lam. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak. Ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.